Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show, coming to you from New Orleans, with host Tanya Brown. Our episodes span about 20 minutes long to give you just a little pop of magic. So, tune in, take a deep breath, and enjoy. We have a special segment today. We are talking with Phyllis Curat, one of America's first public witch priestesses, whose international best-selling books have been published in 14 languages, making her the most widely published author of witch studies. So an outspoken attorney and advocate, she consulted on groundbreaking cases securing legal rights of witches, including cases of child custody, religious assembly, expression, and free speech. Phyllis served as its vice chair for the Parliament of World Religions and created the historic 2015 inaugural Women's Assembly. She currently serves as the 2023 program chair of the Parliament of World Religions. So hi, Phyllis. How are you? I'm good. I'm glad you survived that that steamy hot New Orleans summer. Oh gosh, when everyone was visiting, they were having such a hard time. And I'm like, and now you see, this is, it's every day. It's every day. So if I'm in a bad mood, I want you to remember this, this moment right now that you're suffering. (laughs) Yeah. Things are changing. We were talking about before you press record. Things are changing, not for the better. Um, <clears throat> but uh, you know, species evolve when their survival depends upon it, and yet we have to start evolving. And the world needs our witches because we're the agents of that evolution. We're the ones that are going to help people figure out how to do it the right way. And we have time. We have time, and we have the teacher, <clears throat> and we have some science that'll help us, and we have our magic, and we have nature's magic. So. So, you know, it's hard, right? You, you have to plug in that air conditioner and you have to turn it on in order to survive. And yet we know when we plug it in and turn it on that we're contributing to the very thing that's frying us. It's tough. It's really tough. It, we, we, yeah. And, but I'm optimistic. I am. You have to be. You have to be. So in good, uh, I'm going to bring up a little drama podcast drama so when i knew you were going to come on i went ahead and i asked our listeners like do you have any questions about you know witchcraft and activism for phyllis and sure enough we had somebody and this leads into our first question somebody who basically said us talking about activism somehow oppresses and excludes her for lack of a for lack of like better words and it caused such a hub because she just didn't want to hear about it and I was just like are you kidding I'm like first of all it's going to be Phyllis who is like is like the easiest person to get this information from you know what I mean and basically I made a very firm stance that uh, hearing about suffering is not oppression. And if you think it is, what a privileged life. That was my first reaction. 
Um, and my second reaction is, wow, have we come a long way where people feel um, that free that they don't even want to hear about um, what's still necessary. And that's, a, I mean, it's a good thing. That, that was the point of going public um, 40 years ago when I was a witch in New York City. And to do so was to like brand myself as a crazy person and put my entire professional career at risk, right? And then to like take on cases where, you know, the law firms that I was working at were like, really, why are you taking on these classes, you know, these cases? Um, and, and the whole point, right, of being out in the media and active in the courts was to create change, was to create acceptance, was to create a space so that it would be safe for people to call themselves witches, to practice witchcraft, to have shops that are witch shops, to be a witch and not have to worry about losing custody of their children because their husband you know, is gonna use that against them in a court of law um, where you could wear a pentacle in high school and not get suspended or wear it at work and not get fired or ask for a holiday, you know, and be able to take your Sabbath the way, um, you know, Christians take Christmas, that you could take Samhain um, and not get fired. Um, that's been a long struggle, you know, that's been hard work, not just by myself, but the people who are plaintiffs and by other folks, um, Selena Fox, uh, uh, a noble example of an activist um, on this front. And, you know, I, it's frustrating, but on the other hand, that's the measure of success, right? That you, that we've opened the way along with people doing positive stuff like writing books and, and online stuff and, you know, and just, and um, media, right? The, the portrayal of witches and Wiccans gradually altering to reflect the reality of who we are, right? So we're not just like satanic baby killers <laughs> um, or crazy. <laughs> Well, crazy old ladies, although, you know, there are times when I think I'm going to turn into that. Um, so we're the victim of our own success. So she feels oppressed. I, I'm sorry, that's not the definition of oppression. You know, the definition of oppression is losing custody of your child because you practice witchcraft. The definition of oppression is losing your job because you practice witchcraft. That's oppression. Um, and if you don't want to listen to me talk about it, that's cool. You don't have to hit fast forward. Um, that's cool. I mean, we're going to talk about other stuff. We're going to talk about the witch's wisdom tarot that's coming out in a new deck, which will, you know, <laughs> you feel completely and utterly liberated and spiritually embodied. But I mean, these days, I'm sorry, there's, I need to talk about it to, to some extent, because um, the reality that a lot of people are in denial about is that, and I've been talking about it, for the last more than 20 years, especially in the pagan community, because we have been the target of oppression for hundreds of years. And that has real life consequences for people who want to practice this spirituality um, and for their families. We're headed in, into a really dangerous authoritarian period. And one of the character, characteristics of fascism is the othering that a group is singled out for persecution and real oppression. Jews, blacks, minorities, 
the LGBTQ community, women make a list and I guarantee you witches are on it. And mm -hmm. if we're not attentive, if we're not active, if we don't vote and help organize and get people to voting, um, you're going to discover what real oppression is. And it's, and it's um, deadly. It's deadly. So we need, you know, a witch is somebody who's paying attention um, to the divine that's embodied in the world and the magic that flows from that, but also to those who are at the other end of the spectrum who are psychotic and uh, sociopathic. And um, right now there is a real um, dangerous global movement uh, towards authoritarianism. That's, um, that was why I persuaded the board of the Parliament of World Religions that our theme should be around this growing scourge. And they agreed, I didn't think they would, but they agreed. And we had a very powerful program and a lot of good press. And I was able to stand up on that stage uh, in the opening plenary on the topic uh, with 7,500 people there. It was not as I would like to have had 20,000, but 7,500 is a good turnout. And say, I'm a witcher and I understand what the dangers of this oppression. And my mother was Jewish. I have an ancestral memory of the danger of what this is about. And it requires us to pay attention and it requires us to be active. It doesn't require your listener, you know, she doesn't have to, she can turn me off and I don't have to talk about it anymore. But if we all turn it off, we're all gonna be in a lot of trouble. So it's better if I don't have to be the only one. It's better if Selena Fox doesn't have to be the only one. It's better if the people who had the courage to be plaintiffs to establish these rights don't have to be the only one. We need the support of our community. Um, we need people to to stand up together. When we stand up together um, and we speak out together and we support one another in that, um, that's what keeps us safe. And that's what makes a difference. That's what makes the world a better place. And that's magic because you're the magic. You're the magic. So you got to live it. Okay. I'm off my soapbox. No, no, it's so good. And it, it feels good hearing you say that because sometimes even though we can surround ourselves and even though we can, even though we can have people in our lives who are completely on the same page with us and completely agree with us and completely whatever, sometimes you still get like that very micro shaming for saying something and for being loud. Uh, I know that happens to me all the time, you know, where it's just considered a little eye rolly when I'm like, hey, that's not right. That's not okay. And even people who agree with you will sometimes just, I don't know, you still get a there's still that, that, that uh, need of some people to w almost witness in action. They're like, yes, we can all agree, but don't do anything about it. But, you know, but be quiet. But and um, I wish there, I wish just more people, even if you don't feel comfortable standing up and saying, hey, that's not OK, or speaking out, like cheer on the people who are willing to do it instead of being like, sit down, you know, be quiet. I, I if you can't be loud, support the people being loud, at least. That would be helpful. That would be really helpful. I mean, I think that when it's an interesting question and 
and they'd be, a, I, I mean, I would love to talk to the person who sent in the, you know, the message. I go, I feel oppressed by a conversation about activism. Um, it's almost like a projection of, of one's own oppression, right? It's like, it's an expression of, of acceptance of being oppressed in a way, like don't, you know, don't talk about active, you know, don't, don't speak out. It's an internalization of oppression and, and then a projection outward, you know, onto other people, like be quiet, be good, be polite, don't make a fuss, settle down. Um, yeah. I mean, you have freedom not to participate. You have freedom not to be an activist. You have freedom not to listen. Um, you have freedom to say, I don't care. Um, and I, I'm still going to do it, you know, and you're going to still derive the benefit from it because you're the mm -hmm. one, who, you know, because as a result, then if somebody tries to fire you or take your kids or, you know, in, demean you in the press or whatever it is, you know, I'll be the person who'll be there defending you. Um, and I'm still going to do it whether, you, you know, it's okay. Um, cause it's the right thing to do. It, it doesn't have to be your thing, but it is mine. And it's been mine for my entire life. Um, I come from a family of social justice activists. My mother gave up working on her um, master's at Columbia in order to be a community organizer for the NAACP. My father was a union organizer in the 1930s when it was dangerous to do that. Um, so it's kind of, I grew up with, um, I mean, my mother, the son of my mother's best friend was one of the, the three young men who were murdered in, um, in Mississippi. Um, it's sort of in my blood, you know, that if something's wrong, we have to fix it. And the only way it's gonna get fixed is if we have the courage of our convictions. Um, and from the beginning for me, as soon as, I mean, it was the last place in the world that I could ever have imagined myself. I was a lawyer and very much a social justice activist. I didn't have like an internal spiritual life or anything like that. And the last place in the world I could have imagined myself being in 1979, whoa, 78 is really when it started. Um, but I was initiated in 81. Was it a coven of witches? I mean, that, what could be more ridiculous? But when I got there, I mean, it was so clear what it was, how powerful it was and, and how ancient and how effective and meaningful and empowering and full of magic, real magic, um, and how much the world needed it, how much the world needed witches' wisdom and, and the values of our magic and our relationship to the, to the earth, to Mother Earth. I mean, I practice in a very shamanic way because I started practicing right away with um, core shamanism, which nobody else was doing at the time. And I integrated it and it stripped out a lot of the patriarchal stuff and the manipulative stuff and the commanding and controlling and all that stuff is like, oh man, that's really patriarchal. Um, it is not about controlling nature. I mean, that's our, right? That's patriarchy. Like we're gonna control women, we're gonna control earth, you know, we're gonna control unseen forces, we're in charge. Like, so not, <laughs> you are such a small little creature. But if you get with the program, right? If you get in harmony, if you open up and you come with integrity and reverence and respect and humility, the whole thing welcomes you, 
flows right into you. The first thing magic changes is you. So it'll break things and it'll change things and it's going to change you. And, and if you're really open to it, it'll show you how to work with it. And it is sacred. And it will show you how to live in a sacred way. And it will show you its magic. And you'll learn how to make real magic um, with the divine. And that changes everything. And hopefully it'll help change us, heal us, and help us heal the damage that we've done to the planet. Um, I mean, there's real magic. Um, but for the world to hear it, and accept it and to learn which is wisdom, you know, to learn from witches, to learn how to live in a sacred way, in a magical way. Um, we had to carve out a safe space, you know, where we weren't gonna be uh, thrown in jail or killed or, you know, all the things that we've had to contend with. I think we've opened that space. And um, a lot of people work very, I've been one of them, but a lot of people work very hard to do that. And um, and now, the, I mean, the world really needs, the world has always needed her witches, but she really needs us now, right? Because everything is in peril. The planet's capacity to create life and sustain life and nourish life and make its magic um, is at risk. And so it needs us. It needs us, you know, to participate in that magic and to restore healing and which has always been healers. Right. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> Hello to all of my astro friends. This is serendipity, the Chicago astrologer coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Tuesday, November 21st. The waxing gibbous moon continues to erase boundaries in Pisces today. Here, the moon conjuncts Neptune. This is a particularly dreamy combination. Neptune encourages the moon to allow the mind to drift and detach from reality. This can be fairly pleasant when you don't need to be present in the moment, but we're not always that lucky. It'll be hard to focus today, so you need to give yourself permission to allow your mind to drift from time to time. If you don't, you'll realize you've drifted off without meaning to. So give yourself the opportunity for a rest work cycle today. Your daily moon mantra is, sometimes making progress means taking a rest. This has been your daily moon mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny. Author Crystal Hope will soon be releasing her debut novel, Blood and Lies. Blood and Lies is a paranormal romance featuring supernatural investigators and gothic horror with a bit of spice stirred in. Check out other works she's contributed to, including Spells for Good Times, as well as Conjuring with Cannabis, Spells, and Rituals for the Weed Witch by Carrie Connor with Crystal Hope and Tyler D. Martin. These witchy works can be found on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, or your favorite local witchy shop. Follow Crystal Hope's publishing journal on Instagram at Crystal Hope. That's K-R-Y-S-T-L-E-H-O-P-E. Yeah. I mean, nature's magic. That's my focus these days. Have we talked about nature's magic at all? I think so. I think when you did your your book, uh, Spells for Living Well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's all of it. The witch's wisdom tarot. It's it's like in every every card and every interpretation of the card and the magics for the card. So if people didn't hear it, I'll, can I do it really fast? Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. So for the person who didn't want to hear about the activism, here's your reward if you survive. Um, here's and this is the reason to be active, right? Is so that we get to do this. So I mean, you know, how I got it is like a freaking amazing story it's like part two of book of shadows book of shadows is 25 years old this month oh my gosh i remember when it was 20 years old oh my god <laughs> most of your listeners are probably like younger than the book but that's okay so so this was the epiphany that i was given in the second round of magic um of the big magic of my life and it was this revelation that followed me following the green man around the world, like literally. And I came home to my garden. I was super sick. I got back from Mexico where the magic was off the charts and following magic in Italy, following magic. In Italy. And I got home and I was really ill. And I had this epiphany, probably because I had a fever. And it was the mother speaking to me. And she basically said, you know, these are my laws and this is how all life lives all living things except humans live this way and you need to know and you need to share this with people and then i got this download and at the heart of it this the the fundamental foundational wisdom was this organizing principle that that this was how all of life was created and nourished and sustained and transformed when it died into new life and that is that all living things, everything, plants and animals and fungi and amoeba, everything lives according to us, a holy sacred blueprint, a magical spiral of wisdom inside of them, right? An encoded DNA, which their instinct and their intuition, right? Interprets for them and how they live. And they live to be healthy and to be happy. And when they behave as they're meant to, like my dog being a cairn terrier that digs up the moles in my garden and the oak tree being an oak tree, right? And the amoeba in my stomach being what they are. When they live the way they are encoded by this divine plan to live healthy and happy, the net effect of their behavior is to make the world that they live in the immediate environment, but the whole world, a better place for all life. Healthy, happy, naturally leads to the entire world being made better for all life. That's nature's magic. That's how she operates. The only creatures that don't operate that way are us because we operate out of self-interest without ever asking or answering the question, is what I'm doing making the world a better place? As I'm making myself healthy and happy, am I also contributing to the well-being of the world? That's the way nature does her magic. And that's the way we're supposed to make our magic. So that's the work, right? And that's a profound spiritual principle. It's an organic principle, an organic principle of nature. And it's proof that, that nature embodies the divine because it's a spiritual principle. It's a moral principle. And we have to learn how to live that way. So, and that's why, I mean, to me, witchcraft is not like folk magic to manipulate shit. 
it's a, a profound spiritual it's a it's a spiritual path it's a profound spirituality and it's the reason that the world needs your witches right um and the thing is i express it as an idea but it's something that you can experience just by bringing your attention to what's happening when you're breathing and all that stuff i learned i summon stir and call you up mighty ones of the east you know guardians of the watchtowers of air blah 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 you know cool right it comes out of the ceremonial magical traditions but but ah uh, the the plants were like yeah yeah that's good you humans like to use a lot of language but really all you have to do is breathe with us and i was like breathe with you like yeah yeah and stop doing that weird thing where you're like eh, exhaling your garbage eh, exhaling your stress eh, exhaling all the toxic stuff and inhaling all the pure clean prana like no just don't do that just breathe and paying attention the magic is clear i inhale the breath of life that's created by all the green plants for us the oxygen that they create they metabolize it i inhale it i'm given my life is renewed with each breath i can feel the energy and the clarity and the purity and the blessing coming into me and i exhale and realize there's no waste my body is creating carbon dioxide we we talk about it as waste it isn't i'm metabolizing the breath of life of the trees i exhale it and they breathe it in they can't live without my giving that gift to them and so every breath becomes this exchange of energy of life force i breathe in what they create for me i'm cleansed and given life and clarity and all the blessings of air right all the magic of air and i exhale it and i reciprocate i bestow that magic that blessing that breath of life to them and we're bonded in this reciprocity in this mutuality in this self care which makes the world a better place they we can't live without each other but it isn't just uh useful it's very very holy so my magic's gotten very simplified and very powerful um and very reciprocal and i that's what keeps me optimistic in the midst of the fires in canada which i mean we couldn't go outside you couldn't see the sun in new york the sky was gray it was you couldn't breathe we were trapped inside for days you couldn't go out right from the heat in new orleans the the droughts that are happening um Heather who is part of my my team Phyllis lives in Tucson it was 118 degrees they couldn't walk the dog you couldn't touch the side you couldn't put your foot on the side you could the animals couldn't put their paws on the sidewalk i mean you know the damage that we've done by thinking that the divine is someplace else or that you know we're in charge and we get to manipulate everything for our own selfish ends or or make magic just for our own selfish ends you know whether it's technology or magic it's it's not just about us you know we're part of something much greater than ourselves and it's it's organized to give us everything we need that's nature's magic to give us everything we need to be healthy and happy 
and to make the world a better place. When we do, we, we, we feel better. We feel good. You know, that's why I'm an activist. I feel good when I make a contribution, when I know that I'm making the world a better place, when I know that I'm helping other people, um, it enriches my own life. Um, and I think a part of the, I think the other part of it is that there's, there's a little secret for us, which is to find the thing that gives you joy in the doing, like what you do. I mean, from the first time I saw the work that you were doing, I was just like, oh my God, she's, you know, she's been touched. She's got this, this gift, this capacity to create beauty and wisdom and to do it in, in a way that is so meaningful to people, right? I mean, what you create is gorgeous. And it, you know, I'm sure you're exhausted and it's tiring and it has involved a lot of sacrifice for you, but it also gives you joy, right? And and it makes ultimately, right? The more you do it, the better you get at it, the more the more people see it, love it, appreciate it, the more your magic be becomes theirs, enhances their magic, the healthier, the happier you are. And the thing that you do that that gives you all this joy makes your life better. And it makes, it, you're making the world a better place with the thing that gives you joy in the doing. That's your magic. That's you as your magic. Um, and that's the trick, right? That when you find that thing that you adore doing, it makes you healthy. It makes you happy. And it does make the, it's an offering. It's magic that makes the world better. That's, that's the thing. That's the thing. That's the 40 years, <laughs> more than 40 years. Um, it's a, and you got there right away, you know, cause you had a gift and you gave that gift to the world and it's making the world better. It's which is wisdom and which is beauty and which is magic. And that magic is making the world a better place just when we need it. That's such a beautiful way to look at it. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's hard to look at things that way, but when you do, it really does all seem so simple. Yeah. 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 There's an urgency as you get older. You know, when you're younger, you think you have all the time in the world. And when you get older, you realize, no. <laughs> and that's the truth for all of us right now. You know, everybody, there's all the science, you know, right now, it's like you got 10 years. But species evolve when their survival depends upon it. And so, okay. So like short amount of time means things need to get very simple and very clear and very effective. You know, they need to work. Um, they need to be powerful and effective and they can't be complicated because we don't have time for complicated. Um, I, I like Baroque. <laughs> I really like Baroque <clears throat> and I, I like getting dressed up and I like four inch heels <clears throat> and you know, all that stuff. Um, and I, I like elaborate and I like, I do like elaborate ritual. I like it. Um, but I'm very grateful that it's possible for things to be very simple and incredibly powerful. Witches, we hope you have a wonderful day full of joy and gentleness and confidence. Links for this week's episodes, our website, Patreon, along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com. One stop for everything we talk about. 
Now, take one more deep breath and have a great day.